Section two of Mrs. Peter Rabbit by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter seven. Peter finds tracks. Every day is different from every other day, and always there is something new to see along the way. Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit had sat still just as long as he could. He was stiff and lame and sore from the wounds made by Hooty the Owl, but his curiosity wouldn't let him sit still a minute longer. He just had to explore the old pasture. So with many a wry face and many an ouch, he limped out from the shelter of the friendly old bramble bush and started out to see what the old pasture was like. Now Hooty the Owl had taught Peter wisdom. With his torn clothes and his aches and smarts, he couldn't very well forget to be careful. First he made sure that there was no danger near, and this time he took pains to look all around in the sky as well as on the ground. Then he limped out to the very patch of sweet clover where Hooty had so nearly caught him the night before. A good breakfast, said Peter, will make a new rabbit of me. You know Peter thinks a great deal of his stomach. So he began to eat as fast as he could, stopping every other mouthful to look and listen. I know it's a bad habit to eat fast, said he, but it's a whole lot worse to have an empty stomach. So he ate and ate and ate as fast as he could make his little jaws go, which is very fast indeed. When Peter's stomach was stuffed full, he gave a great sigh of relief and limped back to the friendly old bramble bush to rest. But he couldn't sit still long, for he just had to find out all about the old pasture. So pretty soon he started out to explore. Such a wonderful place as it seemed to Peter. There were clumps of bushes with little open spaces between, just the nicest kind of playgrounds. Then there were funny spreading prickly juniper trees, which made the very safest places to crawl out of harm's way and to hide. Everywhere were paths made by cows. Very wonderful they seemed to Peter, who had never seen any like them before. He liked to follow them because they led to all kinds of queer places. Sometimes he would come to places where tall trees made him think of the green forest, only there were never more than a few trees together. Once he found an old tumble-down stone wall all covered with vines, and he shouted right out with delight. "'It's a regular castle!' cried Peter, and he knew that there he would be safe from everyone but Shadow the Weasel. But he never was wholly safe from Shadow the Weasel anywhere, so he didn't let that thought worry him. By and by he came to a wet place called a swamp. The ground was soft, and there were little pools of water. Great ferns grew here just as they did along the bank of the Laughing Brook, only more of them. There were pretty birch trees and wild cherry trees. It was still and dark and oh so peaceful. Peter liked that place and sat down under a big fern to rest. He didn't hear a sound excepting the beautiful silvery voice of Veery the Thrush. Listening to it, Peter fell asleep, for he was very tired. By and by Peter awoke. For a minute he couldn't think where he was, then he remembered. But for a long time he sat perfectly still, thinking of his adventures and wondering if he would be missed down on the green meadows. Then all of a sudden Peter saw something that made him sit up so suddenly that he cried, Ouch! For he had forgotten all about how stiff and sore he was. What do you think Peter saw? Tracks. Yes, sir, he saw tracks rabbit tracks in the soft mud, and Peter knew that he hadn't made them. Chapter 8 The Strange Tracks in the Old Pasture Who has an attentive ear and eye will learn a lot if he but try. Peter Rabbit Peter Rabbit stared and stared at the tracks in the soft mud of the swamp in the old pasture. 
he would look first at the tracks then at his own feet and finally back at the tracks again he scratched his long right ear with his long right hind foot then he scratched his long left ear with his long left hind foot all the time staring his hardest at those strange tracks they certainly were the tracks of a rabbit and it was equally certain that they were not his own they are too big for mine and they are too small for jumper the hare's besides jumper is in the green forest not way off up here said peter to himself i wonder well i wonder if he will try to drive me away you see peter knew that if he had found a strange rabbit in his dear old briar-patch he certainly would have tried his best to drive him out for he felt that the old briar-patch belonged to him now he wondered if the maker of these tracks would feel the same way about the old pasture peter looked troubled as he thought it over then his face cleared perhaps he said hopefully he is a newcomer here too and if he is i'll have just as much right here as he has perhaps he simply has big feet and isn't any bigger or stronger than i am and if that's the case i'd like to see him drive me out peter swelled himself out and tried to look as big as he could when he said this but swelling himself out this way reminded him of how stiff and sore he was from the wounds given him by hooty the owl and he made a wry face you see he realized all of a sudden that he didn't much feel like fighting my said peter i guess i'd better find out all about this other fellow before i have any trouble with him the old pasture looks big enough for a lot of rabbits and perhaps if i don't bother him he won't bother me i wonder what he looks like i believe i'll follow these tracks and see what i can find so peter began to follow the tracks of the strange rabbit and he was so interested that he almost forgot to limp they led him this way and they led him that way through the swamp and then out of it at the foot of a certain birch tree peter stopped ha he said now i shall know just how big this fellow is how was he to know why that tree was a kind of rabbit measuring stick yes sir that's just what it was you see rabbits like to keep a record of how they grow just as some little boys and girls do but as they have no doors or walls to stand against they use trees and this was the measuring tree of the rabbit whose tracks peter had been following peter stopped at the foot of it and sat down to think it over he knew what that tree meant perfectly well he had one or two measuring trees of his own on the edge of the green forest he knew too that it was more than a mere measuring tree it was a kind of no trespassing sign it meant that some other rabbit had lived here for some time and felt that he owned this part of the old pasture peter's nose told him that for the tree smelled very very strong of rabbit of the rabbit with big feet this was because whoever used it for a measuring tree used to rub himself against it as far up as he could reach peter hopped up close to it then he sat up very straight and stretched himself as tall as he could but he wisely took care not to rub against the tree you see he didn't want to leave his own mark there so he stretched and stretched but stretch as he would he couldn't make his wobbly little nose reach the mark made by the other rabbit my sakes he is a big fellow exclaimed peter i guess i don't want to meet him until i feel better and stronger than i do now chapter nine an unpleasant surprise legs are very useful when you want to run away long sharp teeth are splendid if to fight you want to stay but a far far greater blessing whether one may stay or quit is a clever trusty quick and ever ready wit peter rabbit 
Peter Rabbit sat in a snug hiding place in the old pasture and thought over what he had found out about the strange rabbit whose tracks he had followed. They had led him to a rubbing or measuring tree where the strange rabbit had placed his mark, and that mark was so high up on the tree that Peter knew the strange rabbit must be a great deal bigger than himself. If he's bigger, of course he is stronger, thought Peter, and if he is both bigger and stronger, of course it won't be the least bit of use for me to fight him. Then anyway I'm too stiff and sore to fight. And then he has no business to think he owns the old pasture, because he doesn't. I have just as much right here as he has. Yes, sir, I have just as much right in this old pasture as he has. And if he thinks he can drive me out, he is going to find out that he never was more mistaken in his life. I'll show him. Yes, sirree, I'll show him. I guess my wits are as sharp as his, and I wouldn't wonder if they are a little bit sharper foolish peter rabbit there he was boasting and bragging to himself of what he would do to someone whom he hadn't even seen all because he had found a sign that told him the old pasture in which he had made up his mind to make his new home was already the home of someone else peter was a lot like other people he wasn't fair no sir he wasn't fair he let his own desires destroy his sense of fair play it was all right for him to put up signs in the dear old briar-patch in the green forest, warning other rabbits that they must keep away, but it was all wrong for another rabbit to do the same thing in the old pasture. Oh, my, yes, that was quite a different matter. The very thought of it made Peter very, very angry. When he thought of this other rabbit, it was always as the stranger. That shows just how unfair Peter was, because, you see, Peter himself was really the stranger. It was his first visit to the old pasture, while it was very plain that the other had lived there for some time. But Peter couldn't or wouldn't see that. He had counted so much on having the old pasture to himself and doing as he pleased that he was too upset and disappointed to be fair. If the other rabbit had been smaller than he, well, that might have made a difference. The truth is, Peter was just a wee bit afraid. And perhaps it was that wee bit of fear that made him unfair and unjust. Anyway, the longer he sat and thought about it, the angrier he grew, and the more he bragged and boasted to himself about what he would do. I'll just keep out of sight until my wounds are healed, and then we'll see who owns the old pasture, thought Peter. No sooner had this thought popped into his head than he received a surprise, such an unpleasant surprise. It was three heavy thumps right behind him. Peter knew what that meant. Of course he knew. It meant that he must run or fight. It meant that he had been so busy thinking about how smart he was going to be that he had forgotten to cover his own tracks, and so the maker of the big tracks he had followed had found him out. Thump, thump, thump. There it was again. Peter knew by the sound that it was of no use to stay and fight, especially when he was so sore and stiff. There was nothing to do but run away. He simply had to. And that is just what he did do, while his eyes were filled with tears of rage and bitterness. Chapter 10 Peter Rabbit Almost Decides to Come Home I have no doubt that you've been told how timid folks are sometimes bold. Peter Rabbit in all his life, Peter Rabbit had never been so disappointed. Here he was in the old pasture, about which he had dreamed and thought so long, and in reaching which he had had such a narrow escape from Hooty the Owl, and yet he was unhappy. 
the fact is peter was more unhappy than he could remember ever to have been before not only was he unhappy but he was in great fear and the worst of it was he was in fear of an enemy who could go wherever he could go himself you see it was this way peter had expected to find some enemies in the old pasture he had felt quite sure that fierce old mr goshawk was to be watched for and perhaps mr redtail and one or two others of the hawk family he knew that granny and reddy fox had lived there once upon a time and might come back if things got too unpleasant for them on the green meadows now that old man coyote had made his home there but peter didn't worry about any of these dangers he was used to them was peter he had been dodging them ever since he could remember a friendly bramble bush a little patch of briars or an old stone wall near was all that peter needed to feel perfectly safe from these enemies but now he was in danger wherever he went for he had an enemy who could go everywhere he could and it seemed to peter that this enemy was following him all the time who was it why it was a great big old rabbit with a very short temper who because he had lived there for a long time felt that he owned the old pasture and that peter had no right there now in spite of all his trouble peter had seen enough of the old pasture to think it a very wonderful place a very wonderful place indeed he had seen just enough to want to see more you know how very curious peter is it seemed to him that he just couldn't go back to the dear old briar-patch on the green meadows until he had seen everything to be seen in the old pasture so he couldn't make up his mind to go back home but stayed and stayed hoping each day that the old gray rabbit would get tired of hunting for him and would let him alone but the old gray rabbit didn't do anything of the kind he seemed to take the greatest delight in waiting until Peter thought that he had found a corner of the old pasture where he would be safe, and then in stealing there when Peter was trying to take a nap and driving him out. Twice Peter had tried to fight, but the old gray rabbit was too big for him. He knocked all the wind out of poor Peter with a kick from his big hind legs, and then with his sharp teeth he tore Peter's coat. Poor Peter! his coat had already been badly torn by the cruel claws of hooty the owl and old mother nature hadn't had time to mend it when he fought with the old gray rabbit after the second time peter didn't try to fight again he just tried to keep out of the way and he did too but in doing it he lost so much sleep and he had so little to eat that he grew thin and thin and thinner until with his torn clothes he looked like a scarecrow and still he hated to give in when there was still so much to see persistence i was taught will win and so i will persist said he and he did persist day after day until at last he felt that he really must give it up he had stretched out wearily on a tiny sunning-bank in the farthest corner of the old pasture and had just about made up his mind that he would go back that very night to the dear old briar-patch on the green meadows when a tiny rustle behind him made him jump to his feet with his heart in his mouth but instead of the angry face of the old great rabbit he saw what do you think why two of the softest gentlest eyes peeping at him from behind a big fern chapter eleven peter rabbit has a sudden change of mind whatever you decide to do make up your mind to see it through peter rabbit peter rabbit stared at the two soft gentle eyes peeping at him from behind the big fern just back of the sunning bank in the far corner of the old pasture he had so fully expected to see the angry face of the big gray old rabbit who had made life so miserable for him that for a minute he couldn't believe that he really saw what he did see 
and so he just stared and stared. It was very rude. Of course it was. It was very rude indeed. It is always rude to stare at anyone. So it was no wonder that after a minute the two soft, gentle eyes disappeared behind one of the great green leaves of the fern. Peter gave a great sigh. Then he remembered how rude he had been to stare so. I— "'I beg your pardon,' said Peter, in his politest manner, which is very polite indeed, for Peter can be very polite when he wants to be. "'I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to frighten you. Please forgive me.' With the greatest eagerness Peter waited for a reply. You know it was because he had been so lonesome that he had left his home in the dear old briar-patch on the green meadows, and since he had been in the old pasture he had been almost as lonesome, for he had had no one to talk to.' So now he waited eagerly for a reply. You see, he felt sure that the owner of such soft, gentle eyes must have a soft, gentle voice and a soft, gentle heart, and there was nothing in the world that Peter needed just then so much as sympathy. But though he waited and waited, there wasn't a sound from the big fern. "'Perhaps you don't know who I am. I'm Peter Rabbit, and I've come up here from the Green Meadows, and I'd like very much to be your friend,' continued Peter after a while. Still there was no sound. Peter peeped from the corner of one eye at the place where he had seen the two soft, gentle eyes, but there was nothing to be seen but the gently waving leaf of the big fern. Peter didn't know just what to do. He wanted to hop over to the big fern and peep behind it, but he didn't dare to. He was afraid that whoever was hiding there would run away. "'I'm very lonesome. Won't you speak to me?' said Peter, in his gentlest voice, and then he sighed a deep, doleful sort of sigh." Still, there was no reply. Peter had just about made up his mind that he would go over to the big fern when he saw those two soft, gentle eyes peeping from under a different leaf. It seemed to Peter that never in all his life had he seen such beautiful eyes. They looked so shy and bashful that Peter held his breath for fear that he would frighten them away. After a time, the eyes disappeared. Then Peter saw a little movement among the ferns, and he knew that whoever was there was stealing away. He wanted to follow, but something down inside him warned him that it was best to sit still. So Peter just sat where he was and kept perfectly still for the longest time. But the eyes didn't appear again, and at last he felt sure that whoever they belonged to had really gone away. Then he sighed another great sigh, for suddenly he felt more lonesome than ever. He hopped over to the big fern and looked behind it. There in the soft earth was a footprint, the footprint of a rabbit, and it was smaller than his own. It seemed to Peter that it was the most wonderful little footprint he had ever seen. I believe, said Peter right out loud, that I'll change my mind. I won't go back to the dear old briar patch just yet after all. Chapter 12 Peter learns something from Tommy Tit. When you find a friend in trouble, pass along a word of cheer. Often it is very helpful just to feel a friend is near. Peter Rabbit Hello, Peter Rabbit. What are you doing way up here, and what are you looking so mournful about? Peter gave a great start of pleased surprise. That was the first friendly voice he had heard for days and days. Hello yourself, Tommy Tit shouted peter joyously my 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 but i am glad to see you but what are you doing up here in the old pasture yourself tommy tit the chickadee hung head down from the tip of a slender branch of a maple tree and winked a saucy bright eye at peter i've got a secret up here he said 
Now there is nothing in the world Peter Rabbit loves more than a secret, but he cannot keep one to save him. No, sir, Peter Rabbit can no more keep a secret than he can fly. He means to. His intentions are the very best in the world, but, alas, alack, poor Peter's tongue is very, very loosely hung. And so, because he must talk and will talk every chance he gets, he cannot keep a secret. People who talk too much never can. "'What is your secret?' asked Peter eagerly. Tommy Tit looked down at Peter, and his sharp little eyes twinkled. "'It's a nest with six of the dearest little babies in the world in it.' he replied. "'Oh, how lovely!' cried Peter. "'Where is it, Tommy Tit?' "'In a hollow birch stub,' replied Tommy, his eyes twinkling more than ever. "'But where is the hollow birch stub?' persisted Peter. Tommy laughed. "'That's my real secret,' said he. "'And if I should tell you, it wouldn't be a secret at all. Now tell me what you are doing up here in the old pasture, Peter Rabbit.' Peter saw that it was of no use to tease Tommy Tit for his secret, so instead he poured out all his own troubles. He told how lonesome he had been in the dear old briar-patch on the green meadows because he didn't dare go about for fear of old man Coyote, and how at last he had decided to visit the old pasture. He told how Hooty the Owl had nearly caught him on his way, and then how, ever since his arrival, he had been hunted by the big gray old rabbit so that he could neither eat nor sleep and had become so miserable that at last he had made up his mind to go back to the dear old briar-patch. "'Ho!' interrupted Tommy Tit. "'I know him. He's old Jed Thumper, the oldest, biggest, crossest rabbit anywhere around. He's lived in the old pasture so long that he thinks he owns it. It's a wonder he hasn't killed you.' "'I guess perhaps he would have, only I can run faster than he can,' replied Peter, looking a little shamefaced, because he had to own up that he ran away instead of fighting. Tommy Tit laughed. "'That's the very wisest thing you could have done,' said he. "'But why don't you go back to the dear old briar-patch in the green meadows?' Peter hesitated and looked a wee bit foolish. Finally he told Tommy Tit all about the two soft, gentle eyes he had seen peeping at him from behind a big fern, and how he wanted to know who the eyes belonged to. "'If that's all you want to know, I can tell you,' said Tommy Tit, jumping out into the air to catch a foolish little bug who tried to fly past. "'Those eyes belong to little Miss Fuzzytail, and she's the favorite daughter of old Jed Thumper.' "'You take my advice, Peter Rabbit, and trot along home to the old briar-patch before you get into any more trouble. "'There's my wife calling. Yes, dear, I'm coming. Chickadee-dee-dee!' And with a wink and a nod to Peter Rabbit, off flew Tommy Tit. End of Section 2 Recording by C.L.W. Rollins, Longview, Texas, May 2011